This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show! Welcome to the Voices in Recovery Podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these are opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Today's guest is Dom Yellowson, right? And... I got to tell you, uh, I don't know him very well, but I'm getting to know him as we sit here. And man, from your po- from your page, your Instagram page, which is what's uh, your uh, Kaluminati underscore nine nine zero. Okay, first, I'll let you say that again without me interrupting. Kaluminati nine nine zero. Nice, Dom. Welcome, man. Like I, I am. I want to give you the platform to talk about whatever it is on your heart. So, because from your Instagram page. I got really connected to it um, because I just like, first of all, I know it's going to sound really weird. This is probably, and this might actually acknowledge how ignorant I am, but I like things that make me a little queasy, mm-hmm. especially when I know they're true, right? And what I've seen on your Instagram page is that. It's stuff that if you don't get queasy looking at that, there's something not right in you, <laughs> right? And if your first response when looking at your page, and I'm not you, but if a first response when looking at a page like yours is get that away from me, that means we need more of that. Yeah. So thank you. Yes, no problem. Thanks, man. Take it away. It was just because, you know, the truth is a lot stranger than fiction. Mm. And there's a lot of dark history with Canada and the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, in like probably 10 next few years down the road, people are going to try to ignore all this dark history, right? Mm. So it's like my job to bring light and shed light on all this dark history on Mm -hmm. everything like you know like segregation slavery you know it doesn't even matter like indigenous history too stuff like Mm -hmm. that like any any acts against humanity is has to be exposed it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what the crime was doesn't matter what the time and place it's Mm -hmm. it's crime against humanity Mm -hmm. and that's the whole important issue about it yeah and it doesn't matter what continent it's on yeah it's still a crime against humanity Mm -hmm. just because we've whitewash the history mm-hmm. right and to make it seem like no we don't do that here right but we do obviously. exactly and what scares me the most is that the united states right now the way it looks now with the mm-hmm. riots and everything you know, like the militarization of police mm-hmm. this is what they're doing across seas so yeah. it's like if they're doing it here can you imagine you know like all mm-hmm. that stuff that they're not telling us and that stuff that's not being recorded and yeah. you know like so I was like, I think it's our job to expose this evil in mm. this, our human history. Yeah, agreed, man. And so where, do you, where did you, what was your journey like, man, to come to that point, to that place? Because we were talking a little bit beforehand and 
there was a period where you weren't doing stuff, but you kind of grew into it, right? If you don't mind sharing just a bit of your story with us, that'd be awesome. Um, I would, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I don't know where to start, though. There's a lot I could talk about, but... Well, we got all day, man. Yeah, um, actually, I think... Because uh, both of my parents, they're, um, they're both recovering alcoholics. Okay. So, yeah, but right now, I think they're going on seven or eight years sober. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, congrats to them from me. I, I'm, I'm one of them, so... Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, because, you know, um, their parents and their grandparents were all uh, victims of residential schools. Mm. So like that intergenerational trauma, Mm -hmm. it has that ripple effect, you know, like it happened to our grandparents and people think, oh, it happened to your ancestors, right? No, 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 no. It happened two generations ago. Mm -hmm. That's only two generations. That's two people ago. Exactly. So like in the last residential school that closed was in 1996 and that's not even that far ago. What is that? 20 years ago? Yeah, around there. So like, you know, like, we are still feeling the fresh effects today. And some people, they don't recognize that trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, they continue to drink, do drugs and all that because they're lost. You know, that's mm-hmm. the truth is they're lost. So my parents were lost for a bit. And actually, my parents are, they had me when they were 16 and 17. Wow. Yeah, they're, uh, my dad's going to be 40 in two years. Wow, yeah. man. So they were young. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. Um, so I kind of grew up around, you know, like the, the drinking, the party mm-hmm. and all that. And I, I, I've seen what alcohol did to my community and I, I've seen what it did to my parents, mm-hmm. especially my parents. So um, when I was 14 years old, we got taken away, me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And we lived, went to go live with my grandma uh, on the res. And just being there in general was just, the, you know, the environment was harsh. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen like, you know, like drug addicts, I've seen alcoholics and even the kids there were, you know, like... Yeah was ungrateful. It was, it was terrible. You know, I hated mm-hmm. that condition. I didn't want to be a part of my environment, right? So that's why I switched to the, the, the suits, you know, mm-hmm. being a gentleman and stuff like that, because I didn't want to be a product of my environment. Mm-hmm. I wanted my environment to be a product of me. Okay. So like, you know, I watched gangster movies, you know, yeah. it took mobsters to inspire me to dress like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's where I got this from. There's a lesson in that. Like, I, I like the way you worded that. It took mobsters to show me how to dress like a gentleman. Yeah. That's a sign that we're not really getting the best teachers out there. Exactly. You know, because, you know, most people, heroes are like firemen, you know, police officers, and, you know, like uh, Marvel heroes. So, like, Mm -hmm. my heroes were gangsters, and my Mm -hmm. heroes were targets of the government. So, those are the people that I looked up to, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. I do know, because some of of mine are like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Most of mine are actually criminals. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Cool, so, man. So you, okay, you're you're not wanting to be a product of your environment. So you, you're with your grandma. Yeah. Okay. And how that? How was that? Well, cause uh, cause you know I, I wear like the baggy jeans, the sneakers, the snapbacks, mm. and I had shaggy hair and all that. So I kind of I read like gentlemen's magazines. I read fashion magazines. I watched a lot of movies, and um, I went to school down there too. Mm-hmm. And I used to get picked on a lot. They used to call me an Apple Indian. What does that mean? Uh, red on the outside and white on the inside. Oh, okay. I used to sit there and say that I was uh, trying to be like a white man and I was trying to, yeah. you know, be all European and stuff like that. It was like, you know, like, that. does having manners and having self-respect really, you know, bad? Like, is that such a bad thing? You know what I mean? So yeah. I taught myself all this stuff. And when I moved back to the city, the white people called me a dirty Indian in a suit. So it's like I couldn't fit in with mm-hmm. my native people and I couldn't fit in with the white society. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I kind of messed with my head for a bit, but I found that neutral ground and I was like, you know what, I, I don't care no more. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm 
I don't give a shit about my reputation. When I, you don't like me, you don't like me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I moved on from there. Yeah. Right on, man. And so, but how hard was that? It was hard. It was hard because I, I struggled that when I was like 14 to like mm-hmm. 17. And especially when I went to high school. And yeah. that was like the worst too. So, so what kind of like, because obviously I, I haven't experienced it, right? I haven't experienced bigotry. I haven't experienced racism. I haven't experienced that stuff. What kind of stuff growing up in Canada, right, would, would you go through in terms of that? Well, I could start with, uh, yeah, 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 okay, speaking of which. Um, so this is about like six years ago. Oh, 2016, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, 2016. Was it Four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. I would say, right around there. Uh, one night, me and Mike were here. We were playing you know, Call of Duty. We were mm-hmm. just having a game night. It was like 2 o'clock, and... Uh, we wanted to get a Slurpee from 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. which was just down the block. Yeah. So we're like, hey, let's go get a Slurpee. So we're walking down the block, and a cop car pulls up beside us, right? And I'm sitting there smoking a cigarette. I'm underage, so, like, I'm mm-hmm. scared I'm going to get in trouble, right? So, like, the cop pulls up, and we're standing there, and he gets out. Both, both officers get out of the car, mm-hmm. and they draw their guns at us. And I'm sitting there like, you know, what the fuck? You know, like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, I have a cigarette in my hand, and I, I put it out. And both of them told us to get our hands behind our head and I asked him well officer we did nothing wrong what's going on here mm-hmm. and they told us to shut the fuck up before we handcuff you and put you on the curb mm-hmm. and they told us that there was a shooting just down the block and there was two people that ran away so those cops thought that we me and Mike were those guys yeah and it was actually kind of really scary because I had oh, a gun shit. pointing at me you know yeah. like these officers are supposed to be sitting there protecting the citizens of Canada but mm-hmm. yet they're threatening me with a gun you mm-hmm. know what I mean and yeah, so we told them we were students, you know, we're high school students. We're just going to the store, and yeah. they didn't believe us for a while. But then they got a radio call, and they saw somebody, and then they mm. drove off. Yeah. And so, like, I could have died right then and there, you know? Like, yeah. I was getting harassed by that. Yeah, and so, oh, man, like, it just fills my head with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but, like, when you're in that moment, do you, do you, do you feel like it's because you're Indigenous? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, without question, that was... The- yeah. Really? So th- because, and so those of you out there can't see, is it because that you're I'm a light skin tone? Yeah. Yeah. Really? See, and that's the, that's the stuff that you don't see. And don't let the pale skin fool you. He's native. Yeah. <laughs> he's native. <laughs> but like, they well, I figured he was. He's dressed. He's got too much class to be me. So <laughs> fuck. Yeah, because, you know, like, they didn't, they didn't talk to him. They didn't even ask him for his ID or nothing. Yeah. It was me because I was a darker skin tone. They, mm-hmm. had, they came and harassed me. And so it's like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah, and, and you know what, dude? The more, the more I, I, I hear this, the, the more consistent that is, right? Like it happens so often for folks who, like for indigenous who are darker skinned indigenous hanging out with lighter skin or white passing. Is that what it's called? And basically. Something like that is, where yeah. you pass. Yeah, you pass for being white, right? And because we pass for being white, they ignore us because mm-hmm. we're not trouble. Like, seriously. Because if me and him were the same skin tone, we probably both would have been shot dead or arrested for no reason. Potentially. Yeah. Or it could have it gone... I, I guess what I'm trying to understand, and I'll never understand it, I guess, is just how afraid you must you might have been. Mm-hmm. I still am. Believe yeah. me, I still am afraid. Like, yeah. I, I could be killed any time by an officer, and that's mm-hmm. what scares me. Yeah. And, and is that, like, is that... A gen- like a feeling you have every day yeah because like you know the, the normal person the average person 
thinks that a cop is supposed to protect them, make him feel safe. And, yep. you know, like, oh, there's a cop. We're good, right? For me, it's like, oh, shit. You know, here we go. You know, yeah. like, I got to say this. You know, I got to say that. I'm a student. I didn't have nothing on me. You know, mm -hmm. so I, so I think of all these this things I have to say in order to, you know, prove that I'm innocent. And yeah. It shouldn't be like that. I should be like, hey, there's a cop. You know, he's a good guy. But yeah. now with the cops going on today and stuff like that, it's, it's not very, it's not safe for me. Yeah. Especially so, my people. So just, yeah, so just... Just talk about that even, man, because I can't even fathom it, where, where, I have to, where you have to go through a mental checklist to prepare yourself to potentially be stopped for no reason, mm -hmm. to explain that they have no reason, but without explaining it that way, because we all know that when you tell someone they're wrong, they get pissed off, and telling a policeman they're wrong in the heat of the moment is, is how we end up getting in trouble, yeah. which on its own is a fucking problem. Mm -hmm. If I can't, like, like and, and I have this discussion with some of my friends, but if I can't reasonably say and be respectful to a police officer and say, no, you have no right, and for them to get mad when I say that, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, really, it's wrong. But to have to go through that, I, dude, I can't even fathom it, man. I wouldn't leave the fucking house. It, it, it's mentally <laughs> like, exhausting. That's what it is. Well, it would be. Yeah. It's, it, and it's, it's like this... Um, you said it like some people have this well no it's the police it's okay and i i talk about this all the time lately because i i'm starting to realize how privileged i've been right because i go out at night and i take pictures and i go out downtown all the time mm -hmm. but you know what i don't worry about i don't worry about the police i i i am grateful they're there like that's the opposite of that yeah right yeah. it's the opposite of leaving the house going fuck i hope i don't bump into any cops because i don't want to get in, like in trouble for doing nothing but then I don't have to think about that. I think about it on the other side, right? Like, oh no, if the police are there, they're going to take care of me. That's what the police do. Unless, of course, you're not white. Yeah, because I got in trouble for just waving at a cop. Like we were, we were standing on the side waiting for food, like at a yeah. restaurant. I stepped outside for a cigarette. A cop car rolls by, and I was just waving. You know, I'd mm. be nice. He spun around, turned the lights on, and they come and check on me and see if, like, if I was like trying to threaten him or something. I'm like, I'm just waving hello. That's it. Did they ask like, you for ID and everything? Yeah, and everything. I was just like, Tom, go fuck yourself. Dude, seriously, but you can't say that, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, I wanted to. I didn't actually say it, but yeah, I wanted to. You know what I mean? Of course you did. But like, yeah, still, it's just annoying. Yeah. And there's been other cases, too, where like I was on my way to class on the train, mm. and they would stop me to check if I had a transit, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So I, I had proof and everything, and they mm. dumped my bag in front of everybody in the train. Like, they mm. took my bag, and they emptied it, like, Literally, like my pens and papers fell they, everywhere. Had they arrested you? No, they didn't arrest me. They just wanted to see if I had any drugs on me or anything. Like they can't do that. And th these were sea pigs. <laughs> these were sea pigs. The sea train? Yeah, sea train cops. They they searched you without warrant? Yeah. Oh, buddy, like I I, I get mad already. <laughs> yeah, I was on my way to school, so it's it just like yeah. So I, I was very frustrated too. And actually, back in like was like uh, February or March around there, me mm -hmm. and my dad. I was on my way to school. My dad was on his way to work. And my dad has long hair. He has mm -hmm. braids and everything, right? Yeah. And we got harassed by the transit cops. Same thing. Because we, we, smelled like, we smelled like weed, right? And we told him, you know, it's legal, you know, like whatever. We, we can smoke yeah. whatever we want. And he said, oh, it smells like failure in here. And because we were native. Shut up. <laughs> really? Yeah. And Man. like, because I, I, I attended Discovering Choices, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, because my dad's a custodian at the university and the Foothills Hospital, right? Yeah. And they kind of harassed him about his job as a caretaker. Really? Yeah, because he was native. Fuck, man. 
this is the stuff I would never know, right? We would never know this mm -hmm. shit, man. Mm -hmm. Like I just, and, and so when you, when that happened, when they dumped your bag out, so I don't want to harp on, like, I don't want to go after the cops and cause that's not what this is about, right? No. Cause you and I both know that the problem is much higher than the police. Like that's our problem. It, it goes much beyond the cops. The cops are simply a mechanism. Cops are just a pawn in all this. That's right. They're just like us. Yeah. Really. Essentially, like the, all the humans, they're just, they're just pawns like we are for the government to move around and do whatever they think is necessary mm -hmm. with, right? Yeah. But when they dumped your bag out, did it occur? Did you think about like, man, I can complain about this? Did you? Uh, I thought about it, but yeah. at the time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to just move on from this and see if I, you know, whatever yeah. happens, whatever happens, right? Yeah. But I didn't. And... When me and my father got harassed, I actually did complain. Mm -hmm. I actually told my teacher about it. She called the, uh, the head of the transit police thing. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to talk to the police chief, but actually I backed out again because mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I don't want to make this a bigger issue than it already is. Yeah. And then like a few months later, the George Floyd happens. And it's yeah. just like, wow. You know? Yeah. But it's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected. And, and dude, like honestly, part of me thinks when that happened to you, like, I, I'd be thinking, how, how would I feel? Because you're powerless. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? If Ooh. you fight them, you're going to get arrested. Exactly. Right? If you argue, you're going to get arrested. Uh, and, I mean, and I say arrested, but you might be thinking something totally worse. I'm actually thinking arrested, beaten, or shot, or tased. Yeah. You know, one of the two. Yeah. So, and I mean, the, the difference is, is that, obviously, I couldn't possibly put myself in your shoes because I don't understand. I don't, first of all, I don't understand what it takes for people to be like that to be abusive over something like that, right? Um, I don't get it. But I, I do understand fear, right? And um, at least to a certain extent anyway. Man, I just can't imagine it, dude. Like, going, like all of that stuff and having no voice to like go and take care of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've all heard about the Karens out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, yes. Don't even get me started. I, well, I'm going to get you started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, I, now, don't, don't get me wrong. If your name is Karen and you're out there and you're not a Karen, that's fine. We, we know not all Karens are the same. Right? But if you're a Karen calling out other Karens, then you're a good Karen. <laughs> yeah, then you're probably a Karen. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like we complain at the drop of a hat. So this happened to me in a bank last year. My partner is, is Métis. So we went to a bank. We were trying to get her check moved to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the bank manager was giving us a bunch of grief about it. But because I'm ignorant, I have no idea about like financial requirements for these checks to be signed over. I have no idea how that works, right? Yeah. No clue. Um, so I'm kind of there and I'm trying to absorb this, but she won't let us do it. She won't let it happen. And so part of me is thinking it's because Heather's Métis. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to fucking smack you. But then, of course, I realize, well, wait a second. Heather's Métis. The, the woman from the bank is a person of color. There's like all these dynamics <laughs> going on. And then I realized, I was like, I'm being a fucking Karen. That's what I'm doing. In my head, I was being a Karen. Trying to say, oh, no, like you need to listen to me. And it's not even about me. So then I was like, holy shit, like I got to back out of this. I had to go back to the bank and apologize to the teller for being just like, I was so agitated, right? But I wasn't aware of what was going on. Mm -hmm. But it's those things, right, that I don't know. And Heather, of course, was like, well, it could have been, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was, right? And I'm like, 
how can you be so reasonable about it? I'm assuming for sure it was, right? Like, how dare you be racist? Because I understand in this country that um, sometimes even people who come here from other places adopt the um, mentality that indigenous don't matter, yeah. right? So it's not, it's like we have, a, we have two issues here. We have that we don't treat people of color or people from other places well, but we're ignoring the fact that we have our, the indigenous people of this land yeah. that we completely disregard, mm -hmm. right? That we don't even treat them poorly. We forget about them. That's kind of the mentality that was given. Right. And we're, to forget the fact that we're human, you know what I mean? Dehumanizing, like, exactly. right? Exactly. We're, yeah. we're dehumanized every day, and that's what's so sad about that. Oh, God, it's a fucking heartbreaking, man. You know, we want to know what that's, what that's called, what you did in the bank? What's I that? call that unintentional ignorance, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, when you kind of catch yourself kind of being that yeah. guy, then you're like, oh, I got, I got chill. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I totally did, yeah. man, and I did. I had to chill. I was like, dude, I need to fucking chill because <laughs> this, this is not what it seemed like to me. This environment, this was all about the bank's rules, not about like um, this person being a bigot to this person, right? Yeah, Because it, yeah. it, it was, once I was able to calm down and look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I was totally in the wrong. I'm totally <laughs> up, so. Uh, but I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind being wrong. Yeah, right. because like, you learn from it, you know? Oh, exactly. That's, that's, that's the value of making mistakes, is that mm. you can make as many mistakes as you want, as yeah. long as you learn from each one of them. Yeah. And some people, they don't want to learn. Yeah. So they keep doing it over again and they find themselves in that loop. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think the main cause of racism is misunderstanding. Yeah. And just uneducation, uneducation, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that, that, that's like the main course of it. Yeah. Is that we don't know and what we don't know we're afraid of. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, but I don't, I don't understand how we have some smart people in this country, right? Like we have some smart people from all walks of life in this country. I don't understand... Um, why we haven't come to a point prior to now where we've dismantled the Indian Act and we've absolutely made everyone either a citizen or leave them sovereign. Like, because if anything, we should just leave it alone mm -hmm. and allow whatever we can offer to help bring everything back up, right, to the board. Mm -hmm. Like, so that we're not doing anything underneath. We're not hinging, we're not like hedging our bets, like our government, I mean and saying, oh, we'll just throw some money at, at it. That, that'll make the problem go away. No, it's not. It's making the problem worse. You know, one of the things I didn't notice until recently, man, was every time the government gives a special group money or some financial aid, the rest of the country are pissed. Yeah. And I just saw that. I yeah. was just like, holy shit, this is why, one of the reasons what the government's done to separate us further is give the money and then tell the rest of the country that it's because of this. We gave it, we had to give them that money because they're ungrateful. Like all the bullshit, right? That, and sorry, I get mad. Like I'm, I'm trying to like regulate my breathing, but I'm starting to get a little worked up because I, I can't imagine treating people like they don't exist. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Like how, you guys, how does that feel? Like, it's, it's actually, it's, you know, it's hard to deal with all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, People look at us and they think, oh, the government gives you so much money, you know, you guys should be grateful, stop complaining, right? Mm -hmm. It's not even about that. It's the fact that the, these treaties that were signed long ago, yeah. we were entitled to money. We were promised all this money. So yeah. if anything, we're in debt to the government, you know what I yeah. mean? The government owes us. Yeah. So when we finally get a little bit of money, mm -hmm. everybody complains and it's like, yeah. 
You know, you tell us to go get a job, go work for a living mm -hmm. and go to school, right? We do that, but it's barely enough to get by. So yeah. like, it's nice to have all this extra financial support, mm -hmm. but it's, it's bad too, because you know, people like that complain and yeah. saying, you know, oh, blah, 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 you guys are living off the government and stuff like that. It's like, <sighs> no, like, we, we were promised money a long time ago, mm -hmm. and now we're finally getting it. What's the problem? You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you were promised money a long time ago. The government ripped you off then and continues to try to rip you off. And, and if we you, complain, you should be happy about yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> and if we complain, you know, we're the bad guys. It's like, you know. I know. Yeah. It's like, why don't you guys, and, and do you hear this stuff? Like, when, is, when are they ever going to shut up, right? Like, from, from people who don't get it or are just, like, still arguing with the fact that this is real. Like, you, you just imagine, and we all know what would happen if one of us said the Holocaust was a fucking lie. How much backlash would we get? We would, I would get, nobody would come on this show, nobody would listen. I don't believe it was a lie, obviously. Everybody would call us anti-Semitic, you know, all that. It's like, what's the difference between the native genocide and, you know, all that? So it's like, mm -hmm. it, there is really no difference. No, there's, there's only the difference that the queen was polite. Mm -hmm. That's the only difference is that the queen has her politeness, right? The queen hides behind it. Our prime minister hides behind politeness. Oh yeah, this is the most important issue in our country. Yet nothing's been done mm -hmm. by the people who can do something, mm -hmm. right? So I, I mean, again, this seems like I'm talking in circles, but I, I just, I don't get it, right? I don't get it. So I'm really glad that, um, that you're out there. So. Uh, just tell me about what it is you're posting and, and what motivates you to post because I, I got to slow my brain. <laughs> I yeah. think he's. Actually, first of all, um, let me start with my Instagram name. Yeah. Uh, Kluminati, sure. right? Okay. That's actually from one of my favorite Tupac albums, the Machiavelli, the Don Kluminati. Oh, yeah. And it's actually such a great album. Like, I could listen to that over and over and over again and I will still never get sick of it. Tupac's genius, man. Because um, actually. The reason why I am the way I am today mm -hmm. is because of Tupac. Okay. Because I was raised off of this music, like yeah. since I was a, a kid, like six mm -hmm. years old and up. And like most people, they think of Tupac as this gangster thug rapper. Like, oh, he's dangerous. He's a gangster and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like he's just, he talks about drugs, sex, and yeah. women, all that, right? But it's, it's yeah. not even like that. Like that's the, that's the way the media portrays him, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, he never made me want to sell drugs. He never made me want to start shooting people or robbing mm -hmm. people, right? Like. He came from nothing, and yet he's still like the biggest influencer today. Yeah. So like, he inspired me to sharpen my brain, to mm -hmm. get educated. If it wasn't for Tupac, I wouldn't even finish school. Mm -hmm. So like, who else can say that? You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah, I I love Tupac, and yeah. Tupac's actually one of the biggest influence of my life. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have that connection to the black community as I have now. You know what I mean? Yeah. He gave me so much insight to the black community of the mm -hmm. poverty and all that. That's no different from what the First Nations are going through today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the poverty, the addictions, you know, all of that. It's so relatable. Mm -hmm. And like this, this is a dude that said this 20 years ago and it's still relevant today. So yeah. that's saying a lot. Yeah. So like, yeah. And Tupac actually really just made, changed my life. You know, yeah. made me want to read books, made me want to study poetry, literature, you know, all of that. Isn't so that like, awesome? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was only like 16, 18 when I yeah. started taking that influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like what motivates me every day to post, post what I post is yeah. like just whatever I see. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. life is unfair. You know what I mean? But if I could try to make it somewhat fair, then mm -hmm. I'm doing a good job. Right on, man. And I like, I, uh, 
I'm kind of I feel sorry for those people who wrote who write off rap music. Mm -hmm. I do. I feel sorry for them. And the reason I feel sorry for anyone who writes off rap music is because you are missing the, the point. core of things. Yeah, like when you can listen to the words and actually, you know, under or to a certain extent grasp the struggle, not the details. Dude, if you give me a million dollars, chances are I'm going to get a bunch of checks and I'm going to have a good time, yeah. right? And if you keep giving me a million dollars, I'm probably going to do it more than once, right? Or if I have, if I grow up in poverty, maybe I sell drugs. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, you know what I mean? Like I, I have no authority on that stuff. I love the poetry of it. Yes. Yeah. The poetry of it just connects to my heart. You know just, what's the, the irony of all that mm. is that the people who don't listen to rap, they're more upset with the lyrics rather than the whole issue behind it. Like mm -hmm. you, you don't know what caused this person to make this song. You're yeah. just focused on what he's saying is bad. Yep. You know what I mean? Totally. Like for instance, if a rapper were to say, I get up every day and you know, I hustle mm -hmm. because I have nothing else to live for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, but the person is going to sit there and say, Oh, he's a hustler because he's doing it for fun. It's like mm -hmm. he's doing it to survive yeah. because he has no choice. You know, yeah. he tried to get a job like a normal person. Mm -hmm. He couldn't. He tried to go to school like a normal person. He couldn't. So what is he going to do? Resort to crime. You know yeah. what I mean? And people are more upset with the content rather mm -hmm. than the whole issue. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. And then, and then people, the people who come out of the life who maybe have dealt drugs or whatever, I encounter this all the time where I'm like, hey, I understand you don't feel like you've ever had a job, but let's be honest and clear. Dealing drugs is a hard job, right? And just because it's illegal doesn't mean it's not a job doesn't mean you can't support your family, because I know people do, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like being a prostitute. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a prostitute on its own. What happens with it is we put our guilt and our shame on it, and we, we don't want you to do it. Because it's not the norm, right? That's it's right. It's not the norm. That's so right. So to us, it's like inhuman, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then if you go to Europe, like I don't know if you've ever been to Europe, but there's like, it's legal. There's, there's no problem with it. And it's not just legal in the sense of like, not criminal but it's legal like moral it's morally okay like the because they put it on the surface they don't make you hide in the dark and do it mm -hmm. of course it's going to be dirty if you make people go into alleys it's going to be dirty right like obviously <laughs> but yeah. if you allow people to go into a home or an apartment or whatever and there isn't the hiding from it then I, anyways, again, off on a tangent, right? But it's like... I get your point. Yeah. You get your point. You're like, yeah. Those are jobs. Yeah. So, and if you're supporting your family, well, you know what? Go steal some bread if you have to. Yeah. Right? Like, because really, you're not going to get an argument out of me. Like yeah. If, you're, if you, you need to do stuff for your family, you do that stuff. Now, there's inherent dangers about it. Yeah. Like, like Tupac talks about and all the good ones, the good rappers talk about. Yeah. The, the inherent dangers that come along with that. Yeah, you know, that lifestyle has consequences. Yep. It, it actually reminds me of the novel that I'm writing. Oh, really? What yeah. are you writing? It, I'm Wait, actually, you don't tell me too much. but <laughs> <laughs> um, It's actually called um, The Bullet in the Feather. Okay. It's about native gangsters, like mm -hmm. mafia. Yeah. And the whole concept behind it is that the, the effects from residential schools, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like that intergenerational trauma. Yeah. So, like, you know how, like, segregation and all racism was high back in the day, like the mm -hmm. 40s to, like, basically 70s, right? Mm -hmm. So like native people couldn't get normal jobs, couldn't go to school. So mm -hmm. what do we do? You know, we resort to crime. Mm -hmm. And so basically natives that come out of residential school, they form their own gangs mm -hmm. and these gangs turn into crime families. And then these crime yeah. families expand and it's just like mm -hmm. this whole underworld element to it. So like, 
I've been working on this for the last five years, but it's I've had a cool. couple of rewrites. Yeah. I had three rewrites. I had to change the title and everything, yeah. but like, I'm actually really dedicated to this project that I'm working on. Right on, man. Yeah. How long, how much time more do you think you have to go on? Oh, pff, I have a long way to go, but yeah? trust me, I, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, good, because I'm, I'm excited. I'll be excited to read it. Yeah. 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 That'll be awesome. Speaking of that, like, Darcy had this brilliant idea. I wrote a couple books. So he, we wanted to like read them. He wanted to do Audible book. So I tried to sit down and read one of my books. Yeah. Audible. It was the biggest fucking joke that we've ever done. Like it was <laughs> so much fun. Like, cause you, I can't read my own stuff. It's awful. Like I'm reading and going, oh, <laughs> Why did how I did I that? write that? <laughs> right? And, and so it's like, oh, but I'm, it's good to get through it and of course not take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. So I'm glad you're writing it. And I hope it like, I hope it just continues to do what you're doing. Like shed light on on the stuff that um, is important. Yeah, because like the whole idea behind it is that someone like you who doesn't understand what it's like to be native, mm -hmm. right? They're going to go into this book and it's going to go like a pair of eyes. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you're going to look through the perspective of an indigenous person mm -hmm. in this type of world, right? I'm not trying to glorify the crime life and glorify mm -hmm. all that in the book. It's it's the consequences that mm -hmm. come with it. You know, like if you're going to sit there and kill somebody or for somebody, all those consequences that come with that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like in the book. Like, yes, you, we make money off of crime, right? Mm -hmm. And we celebrate with, you know, women, you know, alcohol, all that, right? Mm -hmm. But there's consequences that come from yeah. that life in the story. You know, people die, people mm -hmm. turn on each other, and it's, it's greed, you know, all that. All those themes take place yeah. in the book. Okay, cool. Because that, that captures the underbelly of that lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Of the criminal lifestyle. The, the um, consequences, the, um, the struggle of it, the reality of it. Like, uh, I would say Scarface is a good example too, you know, okay, like, yeah. you know, push it to the limit, you know, yeah. he's at the top for so long and then he ends up getting killed at the end, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's the consequence. That's a consequence. That's a good metaphor is Scarface. Yeah, that's a really good metaphor. Yeah. I love that movie too. Yeah, me too. I, I love gangster movies, trust me. I love <laughs> yeah. gangster movies. Well, you've got, like, Darcy watched The Godfather 1 and 2 with his daughter like two weeks ago or something like that. So then I couldn't stop not watching. I had to watch it. He was telling me about it. I'm like, oh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> like, and Goodfellas and... Casino, Casino, Irishman. Yeah. Did you like The Irishman? Donnie Brasco. Yeah, I love yeah. The Irishman. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I, I haven't seen have the it book. I have the book. Oh, okay. Books, books sometimes get you more excited about the movie. Yeah, yeah. They do go into a yeah. lot of detail. Yeah, yeah, big time. Cool. So, like, uh, man, is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, there's a lot of things I can talk about. Do it. Let's do it. Oh, uh, well, let's see. It's just, let me think about it because like... So how does this, how did, how did the, the Black Lives Movement, how, how is that uh, intersecting with what you're all about? Like what's the, the deep connection there obviously is oppression, right? Like without question, I can see that. I don't experience it, but I can see it. Um, how did that like re-motivate when, when Mr. Floyd was killed and they, uh, everything started to kind of uprise? Did that like just a natural connection with you or honestly when I first saw that video man I, I, I cried man because that was just that was so terrible like I'm still disturbed just thinking about it. I know that. me too that's why I say Mr. Floyd because I'm just like I don't even know how to address it it's just an awful situation it is like I don't know it's just like it it hurt me when I was first watching it mm. then after the hurting stopped I was more like angry you mm. know what I mean and like people like to sit there and blame that the person that was recording like how come you didn't do nothing how come mm. you didn't stop right 
That cop was kneeling that guy's neck. What do you think he was going to do to somebody that's going to stop him? Especially if you walk up to him while and he's doing not it. Not to mention, this was a 17-year-old girl that was recording. So yeah. she, obviously, she's not going to do nothing about it. Like, how can you blame somebody in that situation? I can't even believe somebody would, but actually, it's not surprising in the world. Trust me. Event. Trust me. I've read a lot of articles, like, yeah. especially on ignorant Facebook. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people going on saying that girl shit did something. And they didn't even know. Like, yeah. So, like, but back to the point, I'd say... It did. It sparked something in me, like, because mm. before I was, I was, I was in a dark place, like a few months ago, and I didn't really care about nothing, you know, because mm -hmm. I graduated, you know, and you know, I, I was going to school, and then when lockdown happened, you know, the school got canceled, mm -hmm. and like, I then do nothing for weeks on end, and I was actually depressed for a long time, mm -hmm. and after seeing that, it just kind of sparked, you know, something mm -hmm. in me, and I'm like, you know, I got to get back out there again, you know. Yeah. And then, so I attended that uh, on June 6th or 7th, there was that Black Lives Matter protest on OP. Mm -hmm. I went there and this woman, her name is uh, Autumn Eagle Speaker. Okay. She's half black and she's half native. And she delivered a speech about unity, about mm -hmm. the black uh, culture and the native culture and, you know, being together mm -hmm. and standing in solidarity. And that's what kind of motivated me was because of her speech. Yeah. And... She motivated me too. The same speech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was it, there. Seriously, because yeah. that speech was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It just, I don't know. It just made me just have that hope again. Yeah. And let me tell you something. There was a long time since I felt that hope. Okay. So when I felt that, I decided to start posting my own stuff. Mm. So I went from 500 followers to 1,500 followers in no time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm so grateful because like, I'm just trying to speak the truth. That's mm. all. And you know, I could, I'll say it again. I'm not doing it for the fame. I'm not doing it for the likes or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because the truth matters, and that's what matters the most. Mm -hmm. Agreed, man. I think it matters more than anything. Yeah, and if anything, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I just want to be that bridge between the black community and the native community, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because we have so much in common with each other, with the yeah. racism, the segregation, all that, and mm -hmm. I don't want to fight or argue with anybody that's black, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. we should be, we're brothers, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, we're in this together. This is our fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have one common enemy and that's racism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like you mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm next on my list is a book by Malcolm X uh, and, but Martin Luther King Jr. And he talks about the, um, just love is the answer. We got to move forward, but we got to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't remember what my brain is just like fucked up. Um, Darcy's like, yeah, what's, <laughs> what's new. He's not even paying attention. He's like, yeah, I know. Um, is it the love cannot hate uh, drive out the darkness? Yes, thank you. Only love can drive out love? Yeah, like hate can't do it. Yeah, like, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know what I'm I get the exact words, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for bailing me out. <laughs> 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 it was, uh, it's just that as much anger as there is, and I'm angry, right? Like, I mean, if you're not angry by this stuff, then something's, I think something's missing, Yeah. right? We should be angry. We should be angry that we've built a, a, um, a castle of lies and now we're just trying to protect the castle of lies. Exactly. When all we really got to do is just go, dude, the castle is, we don't need it anymore. Like, we're fine, right? We can, we can live together and we can address this and live together. Mm. We don't have to hide it to live together, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously that shit isn't working. It's just getting worse. It is. It is getting worse. And it's scary, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. people that spoke out were silenced. You know, like my, my heroes, like mm -hmm. Geronimo, Sitting Bull, mm -hmm. Crazy Horse, Red Cloud, Malcolm X, Martin mm -hmm. Luther King, uh, Tupac, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like people like that were very vocalized about issues yeah. in the community. And 
look what happened to them. They became victims of, you know, of the government and yeah. stuff like that. And it, it's scary. Be but I'm not scared to speak the truth because, you mm -hmm. know, even if I do die, at least people around me mm -hmm. that know me and people that see my post, the truth will still always be out there. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, c you can kill the man, you can capture the man, mm -hmm. but the idea lives on. And that's yeah. what's important. Yeah, absolutely it is, man. You mentioned the movie Geronimo. Yeah. Or the story Geronimo. You know on Netflix, you know what the cover is? It's, it's, a, it's fucking Matt Damon. It's not even the fucking indigenous guy <laughs> who plays Geronimo. It's fucking Matt Damon's on the cover. I'm, I'm flipping through and I'm like, how is this even like how done? Is, how is this white guy on this <laughs> TV? <laughs> like, I, I'm guessing he's in the movie. He is, but yeah. But he's not, he's not the main guy, right? Like, he's not Geronimo. And, and so why the fuck is his face on the, on the cover of the movie? Like, I don't get it. I actually think it's a smart tactic because if you have a native guy in there, people are going to be like, oh, no, it's, it's not washed yet. But they see Matt Damon, they're like, hey, look, let's watch yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's, a, it's tactic. a tactic. Yeah, yeah, like, and it's just so blatant, like, where it's like, dude, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go, I'm only going to watch this movie if it's done by a white guy. Even though <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. about indigenous history, I want to watch it only if it's done by a white guy. Yeah. I just, you know what? And if that doesn't tell us that we're fucked up a little bit, like, even that little example is just a tiny example of marketing, right? Exactly, Where, you know, that's how it works. Yeah, a tiny, brilliant example of how to market indigenous right out of it. It's a movie about an indigenous person. <laughs> it's about Geronimo, yet you got Matt Damon on the, on the cover. Yeah, you know and you can, you can, we can guess how accurate the movie was. Yeah. Probably not very accurate, right? Especially if your leading man in an indigenous story is white. <laughs> the only kind of story like that is written by a white guy. Yeah, definitely. That's it. <laughs> um, so anything in the future, like anything you're planning on doing? Because I, I read again your profile, and you're an author. Obviously, you're working on your book. Um, speaker, are you speaking anywhere? Uh, not really, but yeah. kind of working on that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But when I say speaker, I mean like gen in general, like yeah. social media, or yep. you know, whatever it means. So, yeah, yeah, but that's, that's speaking. We, you have a platform now, right? Where yeah. we can do that, and that's awesome. Because last year, 2019, June, I had three graduations in one week. Oh. So, like, I was on Wednesday. That one Wednesday, I had uh, my indigenous graduation, mm. and I was awarded the, uh, what's it called? Uh, a beaded medallion. Mm. It was made by hand. It was an educational one. It says oh, okay. CBE on it, right? Yeah. And um, the next day was my school grad. And uh, to my surprise, I was awarded the Leader of Tomorrow Award. Mm. And well, because, congrats. Yeah, because I, I joined leadership that same school year. And mm -hmm. honestly, I joined it because I was like, you know, there's nothing else to do. I'm going to join this, mm. right? I wasn't even trying to be nobody. I wasn't even trying to, you know, be out there. Mm -hmm. But I ended up getting the Leader of Tomorrow Award because mm. of that. And to my own surprise, I was like, you know, what the hell? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. And then the next day, that Friday... I had my leadership grad mm -hmm. and had to deliver a speech there. Yeah. In, in a room full of people. Right so on. Dude. That was kind of my first taste of speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I think it, I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's a perfect fit for you. Like, and don't get me wrong. I don't know what you need to do for your life, but my hope is is that like yourself, like other people who are are vocal and open about education, the real education mm -hmm. that some of us don't want, but we fucking need. Yeah. Um, but when you're when you're talking about that, it's it's like a natural, I think a natural just transition into speaking, right? Talking about this stuff and keeping it as we were talking about before, like we have to just keep it up. 
Yes. And it's hard to do that, right? Like I can't, again, I can't imagine the kind of exhaustion you feel at the end of a day, especially going through all this stuff, right? Over and over again. Yeah, especially, you know, like researching about certain stuff and yeah. having to read that article over and over and over yeah. again. And it's just, you get these images stuck in your head sometimes. Of course. That's, it sticks with you. Yeah. yeah, it certainly does, man. And like, is there, I don't even know how to word the question. But it got me thinking about the uh, the intergenerational trauma, and how like are you able to identify that when it's at play in your life? Like, are you able to kind of go, oh wait, this might be from my grandmother? All does, the time. Does that happen? Time. Believe yeah. me, all the time. Okay, all the time. Yeah, and how? So how does that come across to you when it does happen? So like when I kind of have a moment to be like, ah oh, shit, this is probably the, yeah. the effects. You know? Yeah. Like, and how often does that happen? Uh, I would say just like when I recognize it, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because like, yeah, that they're, they're, like, I'm not perfect, you know, like no one not. is, but I do catch myself and I do try to change that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, like when a white person is in there being racist and stuff like I want to go off on them and be like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you blah, 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 blah. But I have to stop and take a deep breath and be like, you know what? I'm just feeding into that energy. Mm -hmm. So I have to, it's not about how you react. It's about how you what you say to that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To that situation. And that's, I catch myself like that. So, mm -hmm. And that, I mean, I appreciate that. I also appreciate how hard it must be to do that. Cause I mean, you, we've been here for a short period of time and every time the sub subject comes up, I start getting mad <laughs> <laughs> and it takes, and I'm not even in your shoes. Right. So uh, to be able to, to have to learn to live in a life where you can't express yourself is, is fucking murder basically for the soul. Right? And like one of the things um, Don Coyas talks about that I just, I, I always appreciate it because it, it translates to identity equals um, prevention. Mm -hmm. But he always says culture equals prevention, which makes obvious sense, right? Like if, we, if we're connected to our culture, to our, our roots, our grounding, like whatever that looks like, um, obviously we're going to do better, mm -hmm. right? But if it's stolen from us, like it has been from the indigenous folks in North America and across the world. Like I, I've come to understand that it's not just North America. There's been a, a worldwide movement to rid the planet of indigenous populations mm -hmm. and it's still active. Yeah, today. you know, especially in the, the South American countries too, yeah. like, you know, like exactly Amazon, stuff yeah. like that. Like it, it's terrible, you know yeah. what I mean? Because there wasn't there just a recent thing where some Christians went down there. Was that the Amazon somewhere? And yeah, I think down, I read that too. Yeah, and they murdered a bunch of people, mm -hmm. like trying to do exorcisms or some shit. Like, I, <laughs> I again, I'm not gonna talk about the Catholic Church. I'm not gonna do it. But actually, I I want to do want to comment on the the religion thing mm -hmm. too. Is that um, what Christians and Catholics <laughs> don't understand about native culture mm -hmm. is that, like they say that we're devil worshippers and you know we, we're satanic and stuff like mm -hmm. that because I mean, we worship the <clears throat> earth right it's not the fact that we worship the earth it's the fact that we're thankful and grateful for what mm -hmm. the earth provided for us you know what mm -hmm. i mean it's not like we we hunted and we took what we wanted just because we felt like it yeah. whenever we took something we offered something mm -hmm. you know what i mean so if we hunted a buffalo we would offer something you know yeah. in, in return so it was just this respect and mutual respect we mm -hmm. had with Mother Earth. And that's what the native spirituality and culture is all about. Mm -hmm. So it's not about worshiping the earth. You know what I mean? Because because um, you're one with the earth. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're all going to return to the earth eventually. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we're we're thankful for that. Yeah. So like with Christians, they think that we're devil worshipers. And 
I respect I respect Christians and religions, but like yeah, you know. <laughs> but if you're gonna come <laughs> to a certain extent, if you're gonna come after me for yeah. what I believe in, that's when the line is draw. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, what are you gonna say, Mike? Yeah, and then, you know, they, they killed the buffalo herd to starve us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, to starve, but also to use the pelts for for profit. Mm -hmm. like, but they, they wouldn't, like, all the meat wasn't taken. Like all, I mean, I think, obviously, there's like so much that every culture could learn from every indigenous culture, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That the rooting in reality, I think. Like now, of course, some some staunch Christians and such uh, think that it's uh, devil worshiping and all that. What they forget to realize, though, is that y there was no word for devil here before we came, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. As far as I know, there now I know there's like entities that are maybe mischievous or different. I don't understand all the different indigenous creation stories mm -hmm. for sure, but I know that it's no more far fetched than the Christian creation story. It is like let's be honest, right? Like. It's it's more rooted in reality, I think. Just the fact that it's it's not about being having dominion, it's about being a part of. Mm -hmm. Versus one of the things, and again, I respect religions too. I do. I respect the, Well, I don't respect the religion themselves. I respect the fact that they help the, the person's belief. They help people, and people use them to do good things and great things in some cases. I think it's just the downside is so heavy, because the downside is all about exclusion. In, in my mind, that's the downside of the big religions is the exclusion part. Mm. It excludes everyone that's not a part of that religion. Mm. And that's problematic, right? But that's, again, very Christian to be dominating over your environment, right? Because exactly. we were taught that. We were taught man was given this environment. Not just any man, but this particular man and woman were given this. Mm -hmm. So everything outside of that particular man and woman is wrong, mm -hmm. right? And... and I mean, obviously, the four of us sitting here, we can intellectually say that sounds like a lot of bullshit. Right? <laughs> yeah, but imagine if you're a child being taught that. Obviously, yeah, it's going to get etched into your brain. Totally. But actually, let me tell you something personal, too. Mm -hmm. Is that um, I was raised Catholic, right? Okay. So I kind of grew up with the whole Bible. And, I hope I didn't offend you, man. No, no, actually, I'm going to get to that point. Okay, just wait. cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, I grew up with the Bible. Yeah. I grew up with the Catholicism and Christianity. Mm -hmm. I, I, plus, I studied all different religions too. I mm -hmm. studied like Islam, Buddhism, mm -hmm. you know, all of these religions. And just maybe it's say like recently, like just these last few years that I've been kind of slowly stepping away from that mm -hmm. because it's like I'm native, right? And mm -hmm. it's like if I'm sitting here worshiping and preaching and praying to this religion that tried to kill my people. Mm -hmm. Am I just being a tool and being used or am I being brainwashed? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. no disrespect to people that believe no, in that. No, like no. if you, you know, if they believe in that, that's cool. You know, this is about you, not them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. But yeah. like for me, it's like, I'm starting to take that extra step into my native spirituality and mm -hmm. culture. And I'm kind of slowly stepping away from that because yeah. this is who I am. You know, I'm native, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to embrace this culture full yeah. head on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's a good question, man. Like, what? Man, I just got like goosebumps. When you realize that the religion you're following is basically the hammer that fell on on our ancestors, right? On mm -hmm. your ancestors. That that's like, what kind of an awakening is that shit? It like, is. It is like, <laughs> dude, I just got goosebumps. I'm like, <laughs> dude, that's heavy shit. Yeah, you know, because 
I don't know. I I don't feel the same way about it. Like I, yeah. people used to sit there and comp compliment on the like my beliefs, what mm -hmm. the Catholicism is about, right? Yeah. And I would always get attacked for it, but mm -hmm. I never understood it. Like like how can you believe in a God and how can you believe in that that tried to kill your people and mm -hmm. certain stuff like that kind of stuck with me. And it's like yeah. it is true. Like yeah. why am I sitting there worshiping a cross that killed my people? You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. It's just like I had this huge awakening, especially after the death of my brothers too. Your brothers? Yeah. What happened to your brothers, man? Um, my older brother, Garrett Hunter, Yeah. he was uh, shot in the head with a shotgun by his own gang. And the police didn't bother to investigate it. They just wrote it off as a suicide. Yeah. And, well, at the time we were all broke. So they sent him back in a cheap pine box. And mm -hmm. it was closed casket style too. Yeah. And a year later, oh, he was 21 when he died. And I was only 17. Jesus, man. I'm and sorry. then a year later... My other brother, Josh, he was stabbed up on his first Father's Day, and he just turned 18. Oh, jeez. So I had to carry both of my brother's casket within a year apart. And then not even too long after that, a week before my 19th birthday, one of my closest friends, Richie, he committed suicide. Oh, man. Yeah. And like during those times, in between all their, their deaths, I was with a, a girlfriend of mine, mm -hmm. and she was so abusive. Like, you can ask Mike, too. Like, Mike knows about this girl, man. She, like, abused me physically and mentally. Like, yeah. He's just shaking his head like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Trust me, I put my best friend through so much bullshit. Like, yeah. That's what best friends are all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Hey, so she was that bad. That yeah. bad, yes. It was bad enough when the family comes out and says, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No more. No exactly. more. <laughs> but that's when I mentioned earlier when I fell into a dark hole. Yeah. Was, that was when I was in a dark hole because yeah. I was grieving. I was suffering from PTSD. You know, I was like in a bad spot. And yeah, man. that's when I kind of just took that leap into my native spirituality and I found out who I really am. Mm -hmm. So through all that like hardship, because that's like I, I got brothers, man. Like there's no question that that would probably potentially end my life, right? If they if they were to go. Yeah, and what kept me going through all that was Tupac's music yet again, like yeah, because I have that personal connection with that. Mm -hmm. Like his music helped me cope with all their deaths yeah. and all of that, and that's why when people sit there and try to diss Tupac, I mm -hmm. get all riled up. I'm like, oh, you, you don't know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I actually, I love it when you post Tupac stuff because I'm like, dude, I didn't know this about Tupac. This is awesome. What were you going to say, Mike? Um, <clears throat> following, uh, following up on the, you know, the brothers you mentioned, oh, yeah. I, read this on, I read something that said there's a certain percentage of Native American males that don't live past 20. Yeah, exactly. That, that's one of the statistics. I mean, 20. That is, is actually it is true because my brother, older brother, he died at 21, and my other brother Josh, he died at 18. But they're going through like all communities. Yeah, all communities too. Like like, like my. Uh, like we go through that shit, but. It is true. Like we are actually the highest population to get killed or detained. Mm -hmm. And what's scary about that is that my 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 father, his older brother died at 21 or 22, oh, and my mom. Her older sister, she died too. Jeez. So, so tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, man, I, I don't want to pry or ask about stuff that might be like, that might hurt you. But if, if you don't mind, like how, like I just, that's so much loss, right? Like it's so much loss. And I'm, I'm going to like, I don't know how they died. Like how your, how your dad and your mom's like sister and brother died. I don't know how that happened. 
how did it happen? Uh, my, my dad's older brother, same thing. It was gang violence. Okay, gang violence. Uh, he uh, fell asleep in a car, and the car was lit on fire while he was in there. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, same thing. And the thing about my dad's older brother is that his nephew was my older brother. Yeah. So, like, they both died at the same age, and they died almost the same way, just wow. different style. Yeah. And my mom's older sister, um, same thing, she was murdered, but mm -hmm. it was labeled suicide. Really? Yeah. It was just here in the city, too, in Calgary, but it was rolled off as a suicide and everything. Exactly, no, they, they just sure see don't. a dead native, they're like, oh, write it off, you know what I mean? They move on. But if it was a white person, on the other hand, there'd be the whole full-on investigation, yeah. indictments, and all that. Yeah. I mean, did you hear about that pig farmer who, like, took multiple prostitutes and the majority was native women? Yeah, the one up in Victoria, uh, Vancouver, yeah. right? Yeah, Picton? Picton. Yeah. Yeah, and the majority, what was the number, the percentage of, of victims was indigenous, what? Like 80%. 80% or something like that? Yeah. I'm yeah. totally forgetting the number, but... And it was that only that one that got away, that, that kind of Yeah, the one that kind of exposed the whole thing. Yeah, the one that kind of exposed the whole thing. So that's, yeah. that's, that's scary, you know what I mean? Yeah. See, and, and those, those things terrify me because I know it's true. So it's like, how do we change that? Because we have to, like, in order to address that, we have to go to the top. Not the police, not the... It, we have to go to the top. They have to change that. We have to get... Whatever language that we have in our constitution, and I'm going to use quotation marks for that, because it's only a constitution for some people. For other people, it's a death sentence, right? The constitution is all wonderful for happy-go-lucky, middle-aged white guy, <laughs> right? But what about the rest of the population? You know, you know what's so funny about that? Is that America is so hypocritical because they sit there and preach in their so-called Declaration of Independence, saying mm -hmm. that all men are e uh, created equal and free, mm -hmm. unless you're not native or white. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's hypocritical. It's mm -hmm. right there. Like, that, that's, that's the thing, again, that brings us to the point, is that we're taught what we're taught. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the moment we start using their educational system against them, mm -hmm. we can create something. And that's what I'm doing, is that yeah. I'm taking what they're teaching me and using it against them. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm going to do. And, like, I don't know. I just think if we all study proper education, mm -hmm. we could use it against them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like especially law, rights, well, and stuff like that. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I think we have to, because like the only way to make the, to get this changed, like I heard this, and I don't know enough about apartheid to understand the connection 100%. But like it's been our system here in Canada and the U.S. has been compared to what South Africa used to have, apartheid, right? It, the same system still exists. So it's funny because we're all up in arms about South Africa ending apartheid, not realizing or not wanting to see that what we've done in North America is apartheid. Mm -hmm. We've simply turned it on indigenous people, right? So that, that apartheid system needs to be gone in order for um, everyone to come to the surface and be recognized as humans, right? Like mm -hmm. this is the thing that bothers me the most about it, Matt, is that there's still people who look at other people as though they're not human and i can't get my head around that yeah right? it's like, like you know it's, it's just it's so evil that that's like the only way yeah. i can describe it it's evil like yeah if you see somebody that you're gonna see as not human you're gonna mm -hmm. treat them like shit and it's, it's just very very dangerous yeah it, it is dangerous man because i think that's part of why there's so much like collateral violence against indigenous people and people of color mm -hmm. right is because we, we don't understand that if you look at a certain group of people like they're not people, 
when you encounter them, you're encountering things. You're not encountering people, right? So if that cop, for example, who's on Mr. Floyd's neck, he, he might have looked at Mr. Floyd like a thing. That's why he could easily, with mm -hmm. his hands in mm -hmm. his pocket, kneel on the neck, because it's not recognizable to him as a human, mm -hmm. right? In that capacity. Now, I'm not going to speak for him and what he was thinking, because I have no idea what that nut job was thinking, right? Or what was going on in the time. However, you can see a little bit of that uh, separation from the face that he, he's of uh, the pictures and stuff that you see, where mm -hmm. he's just kind of like nonchalant, and you're like, what in God's green goodness is happening? There with was that literally human? no emotion in that police officer's face at all. None. As he was killing him, as he was killing him, yeah. we could literally watch George Floyd's life slip away, and he was just had a smirk on his face. Hands in his pockets. Hands in his pockets. Not nonchalant. Right now, is it like that's exactly what it looks like—a psychopath, right? Like where you're like, oh my God, like this person just committed murder and didn't even break a sweat, right? Or is it not psychopathy? but literally the result of systemic racism, where you can actually engage with another human and forget they're human, right? Because, and I don't know the answer, because I'm not smart enough, but I, I think like, we gotta ask these questions about, about these encounters, because this isn't, racism is racism, and it's 100% alive and well. It is causing these things to happen, because people aren't looking at other people as people, right? And we've separated that. Even and it's though scary. It's, right? It's terrifying. It's terrifying for some people to look at that and say, well, I have to arrest this person. No, I'm arresting this asshole. I'm arresting this criminal. Or I'm arresting this shitbag, right? And don't get me wrong, man. I, I worked for transit for a couple years. I've, in, in conversation with my chums, I've said shitbag. I've said asshole. I've said all those things. Because um, to me, an asshole is an asshole. So that's what we talk about, is assholes are assholes. <laughs> but the reality is, it's deeper than that, Yeah. right? It's more than just me nonchalantly saying, oh my God, another day of assholes, right? That's not good enough. It wasn't good enough for me then, and it's not good enough for me now. Yeah. It's got to be, okay, even though I, I wasn't looking at it from a like an obvious perspective of race, what I'm looking at is a group based on poverty, yeah, right? Because poverty that's been engineered, and, and this is something that a lot of, of people that I know might have a difficulty with, is that this poverty was engineered. Mm -hmm. So lots of my friends didn't realize that down in the States for before segregation was outlawed, even after that, it was hard for uh, people of color to buy houses in certain areas. Or even go to a restaurant, you know what I or mean? Or go to a Simple restaurant. Simple stuff like that. That's right. They couldn't do it, right? So even though there wasn't segregation, they were still separating, right? Like that's how, um, now I didn't know this and I'm gonna probably screw up the history a little bit, but it always encourages me to go read up on it again. But like Watts in LA, for example, Watts, uh, Compton, these were nice neighborhoods. Yeah, because they, yeah, they started out as white neighborhoods, right? But then, Mixed, and then all yeah. of a sudden they were like, nope, white people are going to buy over here. Black people can't buy in Pomona, only in Watts and Compton, right? So it is 100% engineered, like 100%. Yeah, because you know the, the system that they designed only benefits them, the mm -hmm. ones who created it, right? That's right. We're all left out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So then it becomes, and I'm glad that you mentioned that about that. Well, we're going to, I'm going to stand up for this because it's your relationship, Indigenous to Black Lives Matter is 100% related, mm -hmm. right? But so too is the, the problem of um, property and prestige blocking anyone from a certain uh, demographic, right? Really to get ahead. So like, exa for example, you mentioned going to school. Mm -hmm. So out there right now, we might, whenever they listen to this, it'll be like, oh, well, why is it that hard for you to go to school? It wasn't that hard for me to go to school, right? Because this is some of the arguments that are coming out. Well, they have every opportunity that I have, right? <laughs> and it's like, well, no, they don't. Like, here's the thing. How exceptional do you have to be to break into a white person's world, right? Like, period, whether you're white or not. Well, if you're white, you got a better chance, right? But if you're not white, how hard do you have to work? How extra do you have to go to get the same amount of respect that I might get just walking into a room, right? Yeah. Like, how is how have we gone so far, like away from that balance? And I, I anyway, I'm talking in circles because it comes <laughs> back to the point where, as long as we treat people like they're not humans, we can do whatever we want to them. Yeah. And that has been the colonial way, right? Yeah, like, it's been like that for a long time. Forever since since England first set out and all the other places set out to colonize the planet, that's what they've done. They've brought their ideas in and said, no, your ideas are old. Yeah. Right? They're not even useful anymore. Meanwhile, some of the most grounded um, spirituality that I've ever experienced is indigenous spirituality. Yeah, it's, and most people won't even see it like that. Yeah. Yeah. But to add to what you were saying about, you know, black or native people going mm -hmm. to school and trying to succeed, it's like, we're trying to live normal lives, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're not even trying to do nothing. We're just trying to live, right? Yep. But yet we're targeted for no fucking reason. And that, that's, that's the issue is that mm -hmm. I'm not even trying to sit there and cause a race war or anything. I'm mm -hmm. trying to end one. Yep. And I'm trying to live my life by doing what I have to do. Mm -hmm. But it's people like that that make life more difficult to deal mm -hmm. with than what it already is. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, like they tell us to go get jobs, to go, get, go to school, right? So we try to do that, but I lack the experience mm -hmm. to get this job or I don't have the credentials to go to this school, right? So it's like, if anything, we need to try creating our own jobs. We need to or try you don't fit what we don't we're fit. looking for. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they, there are some companies that intentionally hire Native and Black people just mm -hmm. so they can be like, oh, we're diverse. Mm -hmm. And that, that's another dangerous thing is yeah. using that community to get more promoted and stuff like that. It's the same as the money, right? Because exactly. as soon as you give preferential treatment, you have the um, Karens of the world. <laughs> you have the Karens of the world saying, well, why them? Why them? Why not us? So instead of getting mad at the government and doing something about it, Karen goes after the people who are getting the money. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, wait a minute. I voted for these fuckers. Why don't we stop voting for these fuckers? Exactly. Why don't we hold them accountable instead of oh my God, I'm going to blame uh, the indigenous people for finally getting something that they signed agreements for a hundred years ago. Yeah, I'm going to go, going to get mad at them. And it's so funny because it's like, they worked hard for everything that they got, right? Fuck yeah. Good for you, right? Leave us alone. You got what you want. Yeah. Now we're trying to get what we want. So mind your own business. You yeah. know what I mean? If you're going to say something, at least say something mm -hmm. positive. Don't say something negative. Yeah. And if you're going to complain, complain to the higher ups, you know? Yeah. We're not the communities to come and bitch to about that. Like, you told us to work hard for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, in a way, you can't please anybody. 
You know what I mean? Especially ignorant people that are not going to sit yeah. there and take the time to learn that. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's a real issue. It is. Um, do you think Native American people are born uh, significant, like, percentage of them with disabilities? Like learning disabilities, do you believe they can pass trauma over two generations before? And as a current person, I mean, like, you know that we talk a real story, but like, one of the contributors to it's it's both it actually it's both because you know like i said with intergenerational trauma mm -hmm. that we resorted to alcoholism right yeah and that caused disabilities in children right so mm -hmm. the other thing is too is that there was a lot of na native children out there with disabilities that, mm -hmm. that, that they can't learn you know what i mean like fas for fas you no know, yeah. all that it's like it's true and plus the school mm -hmm. The whole educational system wasn't designed for us anyways. Mm -hmm. So the reason why you don't see as many natives succeeding is because that we don't understand that world. It's like going to another country mm -hmm. and trying to learn that language like that. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, but I am so proud and grateful for all any indigenous person that has a diploma or certificate mm -hmm. or has a job, has a company. Like I'm proud of them, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, I, I like the underdogs. So I mm -hmm. want to stick up for the people that can't go to school, that can't get a job, mm -hmm. you know, like people that don't have a voice. I want mm -hmm. to be that voice for them. Mm -hmm. So that, that's why I'm here today, just, you know, to stick up for the little guy. Mm -hmm. Sweet. I, and I'm grateful that you said that because this is about the time in the podcast where I encourage you to go for politics, right? And the reason is, is because, and don't get me wrong, I, don't, I really don't want you to waste your life in politics <laughs> if that's not of interest to you. But the idea is the only way this changes is if we change it. Mm -hmm. Right. And eventually we have to get to a place where, first of all, we stop voting just so one guy doesn't get in. We start voting for the person we want in instead of voting in a roundabout way so that this fucker doesn't get in. Now we've left with this fucker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and both are fuckers of a different color. They're just fuckers. <laughs> They're either a Democrat or a Republican fucker or in our country, a NDP fucker and a liberal fucker or the UCP fucker. They're, you know what it is? It, they're all puppeteers, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? All the strings, they're all separate, right? Yeah. But what do the strings go back to? Back to the same root. So the same root. Yeah, that's so right. Like, it's one of the two, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like voting for the lesser evil, but it's, it's no different. And it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, what we've, that's where we, I think, what, what's happened in North America over the last six months is we've been awakened to that. We've been awakened to the fact that, and not just in the States, but in Canada too, because we've seen our prime minister be a liar, like a full-blown liar, a criminal. He's untrustworthy. A hypocrite. A hypocrite. He's so full of shit. But then on the other hand, he's been compassionate, right? Because he's been compassionate during this time of lockdown to all Canadians, right? It's just a polite way to say, fuck the rest of you. Here I am, I'm your loving prime minister. You're all gonna be fine, except for those, those, and those. And, and um, so I hope both of you gentlemen, all of you gentlemen and ladies of the generation, right, that start getting into politics, get the poli-sci degrees, like get the law degrees, do those things because like we need help, right? We need help. Us, like honestly, I'm a 45-year-old white dude, man. I need all the help I can get figuring this shit out, right? And that's what I need is someone who's able to educate, but not just educate, actually do shit about it. Right? Because at each different stage of like activism, there's different actions. Yeah. Right? So there's awareness, you know. That's right. Donations. Aware that's right. And you're, you're kind of embracing all of that, right? And 
So, I mean, my, I'm going to encourage it, and anyone out there who, who knows you, I'm going to encourage you as well to, like, make sure you don't stop whispering in Dom's ear about running for office. <laughs> you didn't know where I was going with that, but that's where I'm going because yeah. I just think, like, first of all, we need some irreverence, right? We need some people who are going to go into politics and say, you know what? Like, like um, Jagmeet, right? We need someone. We need him to say, no, you're a racist fuck. Exactly. Right? You know, and that, that's, that takes a lot of balls to do that. Huge balls. You know, and that, that, that has a lot of respect, you know what yep. I mean? And it's just, oh, no, that's, I was actually impressed by that. Me too, man. And because you know what? Because I recognize instantly that has n not the same effect if it's a white guy, mm -hmm. right? Because we're so, like, as a white guy, I'm so lost in the mire of trying to figure out, okay, where, where is this systemic racism in my life? Where am I acting this out? Like, how am I doing it? So I'm like so consumed with trying not to be, to trying to learn that sometimes you forget about the other stuff that needs to happen, right? And, and so thank you, man. Yeah, like, really and I actually, it. honestly, I really appreciate what you're doing too, because oh, like thank this you. is just, this is different. Like, I yeah. Mean, like, I've, I don't think I've actually been on this type of level before. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, man, I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Me too, man. I appreciate you coming in and, um, before we close, I'll just, I'll, I'll just say this is the point where I tell Darcy, please somehow don't make me sound like I say fucker every 10 seconds. Because I know <laughs> there was a spin there where I was like, those fuckers, that fucker, that fucker, that fucker. We'll just have to do something with that. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, is there anything else you want to say, man? Yeah, I actually, wanna... I do want to say one thing. Is that with everything that's going on right now with the mm -hmm. racial, you know, police brutality is mm -hmm. like, what we're facing is not a racial issue. Mm -hmm. It's a human issue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is not about black versus white or brown versus whatever. Mm -hmm. This is about us versus the ignorant, you know, mm -hmm. good versus evil. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is the perfect time to get the people together and start creating yeah. leaders. You know what I mean? I agree. Because my ambition and my goal right now is that I'm not trying to you know, push people to believe what I believe. You know, mm -hmm. if you don't believe what I believe, that's cool, you know? Yeah. But what I'm trying to do is, is plant seeds in people's mm -hmm. minds. You know what I mean? Because you can do whatever you want with that seed. You can, you know, cherish it, grow yeah. it, whatever you want, or you can let it die. Mm -hmm. But as long as that person takes the opportunity to plant that seed, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it can glow, it could flourish, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe they will think. Or they will ignore it and let it die. But that's on them, you know? Yeah. But as long as I gave them that seed mm -hmm. to change their minds, you know, that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Just create more leaders. Fucking A, man. Fucking A, I'm gonna close it at that. Let's leave it at that. Thank you so much, Tom. No problem. Appreciate Thank you so that. much. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.